0: The Go Blue Crew Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine and it's that week again. Derek, the one that comes around once a year. I personally have a combination of like dread, anxiety, anticipation, throw in a little hope. But it just feels good, I guess, to like have that feeling again. Because, you know, it only comes around every so often. And even if it is sometimes painful, I think you embrace it and you just have fun with it and let that be part of your life experience. Just just hug it and, and really just let it become part of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, no matter how good a Michigan team is, or how well the season is going, it really seems that each year this is the only game that matters.
0: Oh, I'm talking about the World Um, Cup. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's good. I like that. By the way, uh, a draw today. Disappointing. uh, I saw
0: somebody say, uh, yeah, but they're just lucky we didn't send Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's (laughs) true. Yeah,
1: you know, that's not the way you wanted to start, but Hey, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll continue to follow that after football ends. Cause that's where I'm at, man. It's, uh, yeah, this is the game that matters. This is, uh, the big one, uh, you know, the 118th version of the game, you know, maybe the biggest yet, uh, just because it's the, the first time in a long time, these, these two teams have met in the top three like this, but first time, uh, you know, that that it really feels like and I guess you could say twenty sixteen obviously was a, a big matchup and it was a close game. Uh, but it's it's the first time where one team, you know, being Michigan has actually won recently, uh, and another team is looking for a chance to kinda to repeat. Uh, but the reality is and, and the crazy part, and we, we allude to this, you know, at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, like this is it for the regular season. All of a sudden, it all comes down to, you know, that Thanksgiving weekend matchup, uh, this time in Columbus, uh, and this one to, to, you know, play for the Big Ten Championship and likely make the college football playoff, uh, assuming the winner of this wins the Big Ten Championship. And yeah, it's here. Uh, it, it came around fast. It does every year. Uh, this iteration, probably more exciting than most, and I guess we'll see. Kind of what what this game brings, but hey, the stakes going to be higher, and you know that's that's the way you want this game to be. It's always going to be important. It's always going to be a big one. Uh, but when you've got you know two of the top three teams in the nation, uh, and you know on, by any standards, uh, there, there's that's not really a debate. Uh, just based on the win column alone and, and no losses, uh, who cares what the schedules look like up to this point? Uh, this is Michigan's opportunity to beat you know, what should be again, the number two team in the country. So even if they did start uh, by playing some weaker opponents, uh, they're ending the season playing one of the toughest opponents in the country on the road. So yeah, there's a big one. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, But yeah, I'm kind of with you, you know, dreading what the, what could be excited about the, what could be. Uh, And overall it's a lot of uncertainty, especially with some of the health on both sides of the ball uh, for both teams.
0: Yeah, we'll get to the health part because, you know, like you said, both teams are dealing with it in very similar ways too. But uh, be honest, did you check the weather in Columbus for this Saturday? I
1: I don't think I did, but I I did see it on Twitter, um, and I think when I last saw it, it was a balmy fifty as a high, maybe. Yeah, um, we're
0: getting into the upper forties probably. Yeah, uh, in, in the which, afternoon,
1: which makes sense for you know Columbus being a little bit further south, and especially Ann Arbor. But, yeah, no, I didn't go look it up. I probably would have at some point, but just happened to come across it on Twitter as, you know, that's all Ohio State fans and, and writers can think about is what the weather will be like. They're so scarred by any bad weather. You know, half their forums are talking about, you know, why pay for NIL when you could just pay for a big dome? Like, you know, they don't they don't want to play in the cold weather. They, they want to be Ohio State in, California. in a dome?
0: Can you imagine Ohio State playing in a dome that often? I can't. I can. They'd, yeah, they'd get I the mean, sixty that... every game, absolutely. So absolutely, it's yeah. So upper forties. I, I guess there is a chance of rain, but definitely it's not I... going to be cold enough for snow. I think that team would struggle more though on the
1: road. You know, if you're used to playing in a you know a cozy cozy stadium, and you have to go, you know, play a tough matchup against a, you know Michigan like last year.
0: Uh... Well, hey, the Lions, right? They just went to to New York and beat the Giants.
1: Right in the same state, where obviously significantly less snow, but in the same state where uh, you know another New York team in Buffalo had to play at Ford Field. You know, Lions went out there when they're used to playing inside, and they they beat a good Giants team at that. So yeah, yeah you know, I I like you know it's hard to envision Big Ten football without the snow, without the cold, without the low scoring. Uh, I was just watching you know UCLA USC this weekend, as I'm sure many people me do too. Do too. Yeah. Uh, high scoring game, no defense, perfect, you know, fall Cali weather. Uh, just going to be weird to see, a, you know, a potential Michigan, Ohio State snowy matchup. But then the weekend before one of the teams travels out to to Pasadena. Uh, so, yeah, you know, the Big Ten's changing. Uh, college football is changing. Uh, why this is the, the biggest matchup, at least to this point, it's the biggest matchup right now. And it's another college football playoff matchup. Uh, before the college football playoff expands, before the Big Ten expands. Uh, And again, yeah, Michigan finally has that shot to get two in a row. Um,
0: Really quick, you mentioned USC-UCLA, which got me thinking about other games. And I'm sure you saw uh, Tennessee lost Hendon Hooker for the season to a torn ACL, which now means it'll be Joe Milton stepping in at quarterback Saturday night Mm -hmm. against Vanderbilt. Are you going to be watching that? Uh,
1: I will not. And I feel really bad for for Hendon Hooker. That's a horrible way for a awful season to end. Uh, That's a game, though, where it was That's kind of what I thought Tennessee was. Uh, And well before he went down, that game was out of control. And so that's why I never kind of worried about the rankings. They just didn't seem like a legitimate contender because of that defense and you know to allow eight nine touchdowns whatever it was whatever the math adds up to uh you know spencer rather a good quarterback but you know south carolina is not that great of a team this year uh you know you can't be a top four team or a, a number five with one loss you know peeking in you know i'm going to get in over an ohio state or a michigan who loses uh and i think it's just more credit to, to what both michigan and ohio state have accomplished this far uh being undefeated you know winning A tough game at Northwestern for for Ohio State or, you know, uh, kicking that last-minute field goal if you're Michigan against Illinois in a very uncomfortable setting uh, as a fan, as a player, as a coach. Uh, But you saw the celebration afterwards, and Jim Harbaugh called the whole group heroes. Uh, You know, he's having fun. You know, they're doing what they need to do to put themselves in the position, and they have another opportunity to to prove that where teams, you know, you know, outside of TCU who also found a way to win uh, last second – Uh, teams are crumbling at times and and neither of these two teams can say they've done that so far, or or at least when they have, uh, they've still found, found a way to win the ball game. So, you know, every time a Tennessee or a TCU or a USC uh, loses, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a good opportunity for a one loss Ohio state or a one loss Michigan to have, you know, a chance at making this top four, uh, no matter what the result is.
0: Yeah. So speaking of health here, um, I think we're going to have to just wait until Saturday, you know, to see the status of Blake Corham and Donovan Edwards and, and Schoonmaker and Mike Morris on the defensive side. It, I can't imagine, you know, Jim Harbaugh went out today, Monday, and was like, no comment on injuries, no updates. It's that old uh, submarine thing, you know, where are just not saying anything about what's going on. And that makes me nervous. Obviously it makes everybody nervous, but um, I don't know. Do you think Michigan can like do a, what it needs to do? Does it have enough without a healthy backfield to get this done?
1: I don't think so. No, me neither. I mean, okay,
0: that's straight up, right? If you don't have that, what do you have, your Michigan?
1: A, if we're talking both, if we're talking both guys out, uh, the way that you know the quarterback and the receivers have not been performing at least consistently, I uh, don't have a lot of hope at all. I mean. Yeah, I guess I'd still assume Blake Corum is at least good to go to the point he was last year, where he's going to get in there as often as he can. Uh, But last year, you had Hassan Haskins who took care of all the scoring. Uh, You know, if if Blake Corum's limited and Donovan Edwards limited or both can't go, uh, yeah, I mean, you found a way with a fifth string to, to win a ball game, you know, this past weekend against Illinois, but... Uh, Ohio State's going to score a few more points than Illinois, one could imagine. So, I don't think a third, fourth, fifth string running back will will be enough to get the job done. Uh, it would have to be a you know a miraculous game from JJ McCarthy on the road. And if that happens, you're going to wonder where the heck that's been from that whole receiving core as well. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, you know if he connects on the deep passes, you know they've almost been there. You know there's been a lot of dropped balls. You know, thinking of one, you know, Andrew Anthony when they thought they had the free play, that's a catchable ball. it has been a couple of other moments like that in the season. So it you can definitely, you know, see the past game working better than it has. Now, will it come together on the road in a tough environment? That's a you know, a big ask. But, you know, Michigan's relied on the running game because the running game has put them in great positions to win ball games. Uh, and so without you know, Blake Coram, uh, and without Donovan Edwards, you're, you're looking at trouble. And then I'd say on the the defense end, yeah, I mean, I think it was very noticeable that Michigan was getting less pressure. And that's not to take away from the, the guys that kind of fill in for injuries uh, or for guys missing games. But yeah, you kind of need, uh, you know, some of your best defense alignment out there. When they're not, you're not going to get as much pressure. Uh, and then you could say the same for Schoon, you know, he's he's misreliable. Uh, JJ McCarthy has had a great connection with him, probably better than anyone outside of Ronnie Bell this year. Uh, been one of his most consistent connections, and uh, you know, Colson Loveland's gotten some good, some good, uh, some good uh, reps. Uh, made some good plays. JJ missed him on a couple of plays late in the Illinois game, but you know he's not as well developed as Schoonmaker is, and you know you, you're already missing a guy like Eric Hall who could have done wonders for this team offensively. So yeah, you know, a healthy Michigan team has a way better shot at beating anybody, especially Ohio state.
0: Looking back at last year, you know, like the, the takeaway, the lasting memory of, of the 2021 version of the game is that Michigan ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, pounded it down the front of Ohio state and Ohio state couldn't do anything to stop it. And to an extent that's true, but it's easy to forget that Michigan also picked up some chunk plays through the air. There was a, a throw to the goal line from uh, uh, Cade McNamara along with the flea flicker. McCarthy even had one of those passes over the top, a really nice throw. And those are the types of plays that I think Michigan still really needs in order to run the football the way they want to. I don't care if it's uh, Blake Coram or Donovan Edwards or neither, and you're like relying really heavily on CJ Stokes and JJ and, uh, McCarthy to use his legs. If Michigan isn't able to continue to hit chunk plays through the air in a way that they've struggled to do recently. I think that's a huge damper on the offense and what they're trying to do because now Ohio state's able to key in on the run and you say, okay, I'm going to trust our cornerbacks and safeties to go out and win one-on-one against these receivers because they're not making plays. And that changes the game script, game script for Michigan because it becomes so much more difficult now to impose your will on a team that doesn't have to really account for what you might do through the air.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, Blake Corum's ability this season has been, uh, yeah, I don't want to say it's more important than Hassan Haskin, especially with what Hassan Haskin did consistently and did against Ohio State. Um, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, you like, Cade McNamara is the winning quarterback against Ohio State. That's not to say that J.J. McCarthy couldn't have played well in that game himself. Uh, But, you know, he wasn't the starter at the time. Blake Corum wasn't the starter at the time. But the impact that Blake Corum has had, even just early against Illinois, the difference in the run game ability without him and Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards also in the past past game um, ability, you know, it just, it was night and day. And, you know, it's one thing to to be used to, to running the ball as much as Michigan does and doing so so effectively. You know, it's another to you know, have to turn to the past game because of injury. And I think that, you know, I'm trying to look for the exact quote, uh, but Jim Harbaugh basically, you know, he's keeping it simple for J.J. McCarthy. He's going to let him play because uh, that's what's going to have to take. You know, he's going to have to make some, some risky plays. Uh, you know, he's going to have to take some chances. They're definitely going to have to take some shots downfield. They're going to have to find ways to quiet the crowd. Uh, and even more so if you don't have, you know, that big run, that big run play potential. Uh, the offensive line should still be good. Uh, I think holes will still be created, but you see Blake Corbin's vision this year, and it's essentially unmatched in many ways. And I think, again, that first play against Illinois, a lot of the jukes and cuts he's had all season that made the highlight tapes and have you know easily put him as a legitimate candidate for a Heisman contender. Uh, there's a reason for that. And when you have a guy that important to your team, questionable for the, the biggest game of the season, uh, you can't feel very confident uh, because the one thing you do know or you can at least assume is it's going to take a decent amount of points to beat Ohio State uh, because they just have an offense that's just so good really no matter what Uh, even in games where they haven't looked their greatest uh, they still score an awful lot of points and in fact you know their two lowest totals are are 21 apiece uh, you know against Northwestern and, and early in the season against Dame. usually they're well over 40 into the 50s uh, and that's just kind of you know Ohio State football scoring a lot of points this year with an improved defense you know not allowing a lot of points outside of Maryland and, and really Penn State so yeah you know it's going to be a, a different matchup than last year but I think last year's matchup and, and that philosophy of Michigan's going to play Michigan football and beat Ohio State uh, doing the way doing it the way Jim Harbaugh wants to do it, it's possible. But when you don't have Blake Corum and you don't potentially have a Donovan Edwards, uh, it's much harder. And so, yeah, I I hope those guys are healthy. You know, you know those guys want to play more than fans want to see them play. Uh, They don't want to miss this game. There's not a single player that doesn't want to repeat on the squad. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy's looking for his first opportunity to beat, you know, another rival. You know, he did so successfully starting against Michigan State. You know, he's got an opportunity to do so on the road. Uh, and really his, his first big road matchup ever. So we'll see what the offense has health-wise, but you know, you're know, you missing up to three really key components, uh, and essentially starters, because you could say as much as Blake Corum is a lead back, you know, Donovan Edwards in many ways is 1B is or at least would be a starter on most teams.
0: Yeah, on the Ohio State side then, you're you're not sure about the health of Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, so it could be a situation where both teams are potentially missing their top two backs. I think Ohio State, though here has the clear advantage because you've got CJ Stroud and those receivers, and that's just a, a volume of offense that Michigan can't replicate. I and mean, I don't think that's necessarily game over, but when you look at you know the fact that, that Michigan uh, statistically does well on on defense and, and does well defending, the pass um, you, know, you see receivers go out and win one-on-one matchups against the secondary. It just happens. It's happened throughout the season. And if there was ever an offense that was like really going to take the top off, it'd be Ohio state on the flip side though. You know, you look back at last week, Ohio state secondary really struggled with Maryland. They were throwing the ball all over pretty successfully. I don't know though, if Michigan can find that they just haven't been able to do it recently. So uh, it would take a, a, a change to to see that that would not be a continuation of the norm if we see the things that Michigan has done on offense again on Saturday it's going to be missed opportunities uh, you know plays that were were almost there but they couldn't quite make it all things being equal here if if both backfields continue to be be, uh, banged up and they don't have it I think you got to give the edge to Ohio State and and you got to be worried or at least I am about you know, Michigan's ability in the secondary to to limit what that passing game can do.
1: Yeah, Michigan in the secondary, even against Illinois, just didn't has not looked very good. They're not getting the 50-50 balls. There's been a lot of question marks. When they don't get the pressure, it's even worse. So that gives you a lot to worry about. You know, one of the things that, you know, C.J. Stroud's played really well all season. Uh, he's you know, I guess had quieter games overall. Northwestern he really struggled, but you know, almost had a hundred yards on the ground. You know, when he wasn't effective through the air, throwing less than forty percent, uh, you know, he found a way to pick up you know more than a first down every time he took the ball and ran with it. Uh, against Maryland, you know, the touchdowns were limited, even though they scored a lot of points. You know, his completion completion percentage is down a little bit, uh, but he's got some really good deep threats. You know, Marvin Harrison uh, is. You know, probably the best wide receiver in all of college football, and you don't like your chances against a guy like that that could easily pull down three touchdowns a game, Uh, and and a guy like C.J. Stroud again. You know, we talk about this a lot. Like Michigan struggles against Ohio State. Michigan also always allows, for the most part, Ohio State's best players to just consistently go off. You know, if you think of a lot of the Michigan Ohio State matchups the best players for Ohio State have made plays. Uh, and so that's going to be C.J. Stroud, you know, a Heisman leader, probably single-handedly now with, with uh, Hedden Hooker uh, being out for the season, Tennessee having yet another rot- loss to the resume. You know, C.J. Stroud is likely the leader uh, and probably likely the winner no matter what happens is because it's a quarterback's award to win. Uh, but if he just has a consistent game, which he can easily do more times than not, you know, he's a he's a tough Back to be, and I just don't know that they can hold him, you know, the way they did last year because this is the game where not having David Ajabo and especially not having Aiden Hutchinson becomes obvious. You know, CJ Stroud was so uncomfortable last year. The weather, the Michigan's defensive line, the flu, whatever you want to say he had. Uh, if they can't disrupt CJ Stroud, he's going to have a field day because, like you said, the, the cornerbacks don't seem to come up with the 50 50 balls. And C.J. Stroud's really not a quarterback that throws a lot of 50-50 balls because he doesn't have to. He can usually hit his re- receivers in stride because his receivers are the best in the nation at creating distance. Uh, and, you know, whether it's Michigan's scheme that needs to to be solid or, you know, playmakers just making plays, you have to be worried about containing C.J. Stroud. And if it, you know, becomes a shootout and you don't have, you know, a star running back like Blake Corum, uh, you, you don't love Michigan's ability to keep pace, Uh, In a game that gets up into the 40s or 50s. Now they've done it all year. But again, you know, Blake Corum's taken a lot of that, you know, uh, leading the nation in touchdowns or at least tied. I guess I don't know where he's at, you know, after another full slate of college football. But, you know, when that game started, tied for the the rushing touchdown mark, lead for the overall uh, touchdown mark. You're missing a lot of points if you're missing Blake Corum.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, Jackson Smith and Jake, uh, I was curious because I feel like we don't hear a lot about him obviously he has been out for most of the season doesn't sound like he'll be available for the michigan game or, or maybe even the, the remainder uh la, 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 remainder of the season for ohio state so if if he does suit up and go out there though against michigan uh huge shot to my heart because that's that's going to be really tough to stop then you mentioned the shootout and yeah no way a very slim chance i should say that michigan you know had, has a, a the fighter's chance in a shootout. And I was thinking about that. And I think the maybe the biggest key here outside of like individual health is just turning in good sustained drives and getting points. And it sounds so simple, but the, the reason I think that's important is because then you flip the ball back over to Ohio state and you minimize their number of possessions. And now everything adds up. It counts more. And if you're Ohio State and, you know, Michigan, let's say, has a 13-3 to 3 lead in the second quarter, you know, I'm maybe being optimistic, but just an example. You go out there and it's three and out and it's like, oh, crap, you know, how many more shots are we going to get at this? And you especially get in that mindset late in the third and into the fourth quarter. If Michigan can do that, and it, it sounds crazy, like who's going to be able to really slow down Ohio State and play that kind of ball game against them. But if you can do that, if you can say, you know what, you're only getting so many cracks at this and you better make them count. That's a lot of pressure on that offense, a lot of pressure on Ryan day to go out there and produce every time because you're not getting all the shots in the world that you would normally get against some other defenses. Uh, So I think, you know, like I said, outside of individual health stuff, that sort of thing, limiting the number of possessions and making them all count even more in my opinion, that's like key number one for Michigan.
1: Yeah, I think the difference this year and, and you know, just the different environment in general, different weather, you could say. Uh, Michigan controlled last year's game from the very beginning. Uh, even when it was close, uh, you know, they were finding a way to respond. It's going to be hard to see a, a game that Michigan can fully control on the road. Uh, but it's you know the ability to respond. How often you can respond? Can you take a lead? Can you take advantage of, of mistakes? You know, CJ Stroud came out and threw a pick six uh, against Michigan State. He fumbled the ball against Iowa, and Iowa returned for a touchdown. Which seems like they do something like that every game. For as bad as they are, um, you know, he looked pedestrian against a, a Northwestern defense who had one win at the time. Maybe still has one win. I haven't been paying attention to Northwestern <laughs> football. <laughs> you since. haven't? Uh, and I haven't. Um, you know, so. He, you know, like at the end of the day, he's human, and I think he's had some games where he hasn't looked as good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, you can control the possession if you can convert on, you know, first down. Uh, but then, especially keeping the chains moving, uh, Michigan yeah. gets in trouble on on first down, second down. You know, this Ohio State defense, I will say, is is improved overall. Uh, They're much better at taking the ball away. Um, I I think they're more consistent. They're more sound. Their numbers are better across the board, you know, just stats-wise, on paper, you know, no matter who the opponent's been. But I do think this is the best offense they've faced. Uh, Again, if you're a healthy Michigan offense, it's definitely the best offense by far, you know, the best run game by far. Uh, Maybe not the most consistent Uh, quarterback play, but a quarterback that can, you know, beat you uh, in multiple ways, at least in ways that Caden McNamara couldn't last year. Also a quarterback that's more prone to mistakes, Uh, but, you know, it's going to take some laser focus and, and, you know, Harbaugh, you know, came right out and said that, you know, uh, I think you're going to see that this team has what it takes. You know, who knows what that means again, who knows who's healthy, but I think they're in the best position to to beat Ohio state that they have been really since last year. Uh, And it, yeah, I guess we're in unique territory for that alone where you probably predict a loss in this one, but you feel like they have, you know, a legitimate shot, which you can't say, uh, you know, I've, I can't say I felt that way really since 2016, I think 2018, we were kind of led astray. Um, and, you know, we know the result of that one and 2019, but you know, this team has looked really good at times this year. Ohio State has looked beatable at times this year, uh, and that's a recipe for a good matchup.
0: You know, I was thinking back to last year, and another thing that went Michigan's way was, like, the mental air stuff. Like, Michigan didn't have a lot of that, but Ohio State did false starts. uh, Their very first play for Ohio State, you know, C.J. Stroud's walking up to the line of scrimmage and the center snaps it, and they're really lucky they didn't turn it over right there at the goal line. That sort of stuff, like, we're just so used to And in recent history, seeing Michigan on the bad side of that, you know, making the dumb mistakes, having the punt blocked, and all that—it was, you know, really refreshing to see that happen to Ohio State. And if that continues to happen, that's just a, you know, another bonus for Michigan in a a game where they're going to need some bonuses. So before we get to prediction stuff, um, question for you: What are Michigan's playoff odds if they do not win on Saturday? And I guess for the sake of the question here, just assume that like nothing outrageous happens uh, in the top you know five six seven of the, the college football playoff pool.
1: I mean you have to see what happens in terms of the, the rankings this week. I know you've got uh, I think LSU, South Carolina, uh, you know Tennessee's out of the mix, uh, you know TCU. Has to win. I think. Do they even play a conference championship anymore? I don't think they do. I think it's just they have one more game. I'm pretty sure they do. Oh yeah, no, know. they do. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, yeah, they had a, they actually had a great. I think it was Oklahoma State and Baylor last year had a great game. Um, yeah, you know, I, I guess if I look at USC, you know, they play Notre Dame still. Um, you Go got the big, You got the Big Twelve championship if if the other teams control their own destiny, you know, I have a hard time seeing Michigan get in over say a USC. I think Oregon's gotten a lot of credit, even though now they have two losses. And I think USC with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, uh, I have a a hard time with that brand, um, of football seeing, I don't know, USC get left out, uh, Late in the year, losses hurt so bad. Even if it is against the second team in the country, and if it's not super close, it's even worse. But if, if Michigan, you know, keeps it, keeps uh, fighting in this one, I think they have a chance. I just think that they're probably going to turn to, uh, you know, a, a one-loss USC. Uh, pop, I, I mean, unless LSU just hammers the, the rest of their schedule, um, or I guess their last game because they're out of the. The equation for the championship. I don't know. It feels like uh, 2006, where you've got one versus two uh, in an era where, you know, you go off the polls exclusively. And even though Michigan looks like they should be the team that that rematches Ohio State, uh, I think you see uh, that happen, you know, less often than it will. And so I, I don't have a lot of faith in, in the committee to to put Michigan in unless it's really truly a close you know overtime loss uh, whereas I think the opposite I think if Michigan beats Ohio State uh, I think Ohio State probably has a better chance at getting in uh, you could maybe chalk that up to a, a bad game or you know rarely happens but there does seem to be a bias uh, with certain teams uh, and I, I think Michigan still is, has to handle business to, to to get in moving forward what about you
0: I, cause so I think it, it, a lot would come down to conference championships you would you would pull for Georgia to beat lSU in in the SEC championship you would pull for All right,
1: so LS, yeah right because lSU has a champ, now lSU is in with the Tennessee loss right
0: i I don't know if it's a lock um, if they handle it, business
1: though I think they yeah I think they
0: you would you would root against USC in the Pac-12 championship, and then you would root against TCU. So I don't know. I think, you know, if Michigan, especially if it's a close loss, and then assuming Ohio State goes and beats uh, either Iowa or Purdue in the conference championship, you know, you need a, a thing or two to go your way. But if the committee is looking at a one-loss Michigan team that went to Columbus and maybe lost by like seven to 10 points. Even I think they've got a, a real shot to get in there uh, probably in that, in that number four slot, but it, it would take a little bit of help elsewhere, but it's not like you'd be looking around thinking, okay, Michigan needs this, 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 and this to happen in order for them to even have a shot. I, I think it's, it's a legitimate thing out there. If it's a, uh, close respectable game now if Michigan gets blown out then yeah I might kiss that goodbye and then you're talking about I think potentially the Rose Bowl which uh not a bad consolation there but you know all things considered obviously you're you're going to be pulling for the the playoffs so no I don't think it's uh remotely out of the realm of possibility I, I just think the bi- the big thing if you're going to lose is to keep it close and then you know hope a thing or two elsewhere falls your way
1: yeah, I feel confident about a one-loss Michigan over a one-loss TCU. That's for sure, uh, because I think oh, yeah. TCU, you know, they're. It feels like you know until Tennessee lost, it felt like they were barely in over Tennessee, which is outrageous in my opinion that a team's undefeated, no matter what conference you're in, if it's a Power Five. Um, but you know, if TCU loses and Michigan loses, yeah, I feel I feel great about Michigan staying ahead of of. TCU, which helps, you know, will they stay ahead of USC? You know, USC's riding a, you know, four would be six game losing streak heading into playoffs or winning streak, sorry. So I think that they have a chance again. Oregon's been up and down. Uh, Utah still has a chance if, if things go their way. Uh, Washington's been a team who's been up and down. You know, there's a lot of good two-loss teams. I think that's why LSU is very much in the conversation as the first ever potential two-loss team to make it into the playoff. But, yeah, you know, the more you think about it and and if if things, you know, if if the favorites win moving forward, uh, which would include Ohio State, uh, I think Michigan has less of a chance. But you get one other loss from any of those teams mentioned, USC, TCU then I really think Michigan's chances become favorable really quickly. Again, you really wait Tennessee because they beat uh, Alabama, and anytime you beat Alabama, even if they were to have six losses in the season, you beat Nick <laughs> Saban. It looks really good. Uh, yeah. You know, I think t- one lost Tennessee's obviously getting in over one loss Michigan, but with Tennessee out of the picture, uh, your chances get better. And you know, the season again, Michigan's handled the business, Ohio State's handled business, uh, and a lot of their teams are beating up on each other. In other conferences. So you have the best chance to be a one loss, same conference, um, you know, bid. I mean, it's always the sec, right? You always have two teams from the sec. Uh, the big 10 could do it and it'd be weird to see. And I think, you know, ESPN would probably freak out about it. Uh, but it's definitely possible. And I think, you know, a close loss for either team, uh, you know, it gives that team a fighting chance to basically have a weekend off and still make the playoff, which could be, a, you know, an extra benefit at that.
0: That's true. Yeah. Okay. So, predictions here. I actually have two. I don't know if this is cheating, but I wanted to give a prediction one with a healthy backfield and whatever that means, you know, just generally speaking, healthy backfield and one without. Both are losses, by the way. With the healthy backfield, I think Michigan loses by 11. Twenty-seven thirty-eight. Without, I am going to dock Michigan a touchdown, twenty to thirty-eight. And I just, I don't think Michigan's got it. Uh, if they do, it would be a surprise. I am not going to, I am not going to like predict that Michigan goes out and shows something they haven't shown in a while. Especially speaking of, you know, the passing game. If you are not going to have uh, a healthy Blake Corum slash Donovan Edwards, and and then on the other side of the ball. You know, I, I think Michigan will do a fair amount to to slow down Ohio State and disrupt some things, but it's it's just going to be so difficult to do that for sixty minutes against that type of offense when you know you're not sure what your offense is giving you. So I think in either scenario, you've just unfortunately here got a Michigan loss.
1: Yeah, I'll go with one, um, and I'll just assume I guess that as many players are healthy as can be. Uh, I'll go thirty-one to uh man, i was gonna say 22 but that'd be a lot of field goals so never i'll know. keep it I'll, I'll keep it simpler i'll go i'll go 23 uh 31 23 okay that's about the you know the that's the spread basically at this point at least i think yeah um
0: yeah seven and a half i think when i look this afternoon yeah,
1: it was all the way up to 10 at one point you know seven and a half i think it was even six and a half my, so it's moving you know that's what happens when people are betting anyway but um, yeah, you know, I'll take Ohio state by, you know, just over a, you know, I guess eight would technically be a one possession game. Uh, I'm feeling more like nine, but to keep the score easy, cause I don't feel like doing the math. We'll, we'll keep it at eight, <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, it could also be a, a Michigan scores late and it's just not enough. Uh, and then if the, you know, the backfield is not healthy, uh, I'm with you, you know, I won't give it a score, but I think it's going to be a, you know, an easier Ohio state win. Uh, hopefully, a game Michigan can keep close throughout. Hopefully, a game they find a way to put themselves in a position to to win. You know, I we were just texting. You know, even John O'Korn had a chance to to take the lead against Ohio State late in the yes, game. He did. Uh, I would like to think that this team has a better shot than the 2017 team, uh, even with this being on the road. But uh, we knew going into the season that you know winning two games against Ohio State in a row, tough ask. Uh, and Ohio State seemed better positioned with a different defensive coach, uh, and a, you know, a starting quarterback that was already good, the reloaded group of receivers and another year under his belt, throwing the ball to him, uh, even without a a Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, they have plenty of talent on both sides of the ball and, you know, they are the favorite. They will likely always be the favorite until you really see a turn. And if Michigan wins again, you might actually see that turn. Uh, this would be, you know, one of the biggest wins, uh, in, in Michigan program history. i would definitely be Jim Harbaugh's, you know, biggest win. I'd say bigger than last year because you've done it on the road and you've done it for a second time in a row. Uh, and if they beat Ohio State, you like their chances to, to maybe make a championship as long as they don't meet Georgia in round one again. Uh, but, yeah, tough task. Uh, we'll be tuned in. But you go play in Ohio Stadium, that is a, that's a different breed of people down there uh you know they're they're putting out the sportsmanship stuff early in the week for a reason especially with all the tunnel fiascos uh you know they're they're trying to make it clear that you know our our coaches and players are going to handle themselves we expect the fans and the people around the stadium to do the same you know they're not always known to do so when, when
0: uh, interesting
1: michigan comes to town so yeah you know predicting a loss this is the first loss prediction uh, of the year, I think second for you, right? You predicted an Iowa. Yeah, race. I
0: picked Iowa. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> hope, let we're me both, forget let's it. hope
1: we're both wrong. I think we did this last year too, but let's hope we're both wrong.
0: Uh, by the way, also kicking off at noon on Saturday, Indiana Wesleyan. Okay. Playing Benedictine college out of Kansas in the second round of the NIA uh, championship.
1: You know what? Also kicking off noon on Saturday, Elma college, uh, wow. division three, second round, uh, won their first playoff game ever. Uh, last saturday they're trying to get you know i'll actually be uh in the hometown of elma you know college i worked at after after i went to college elsewhere and uh you know i would love to go support the uh the scots and watch the coach wear his kilt quite the story that the free press (laughs) even picked up but uh (laughs) yeah you know i'm not gonna go outside uh, to a freezing division three football playoff game when i can you know comfortably sit on the couch and and watch my Wolverines. Uh, hopefully, you know, take a stab at beating the Buckeyes twice in a row. But hey, right. congrats to IU and congrats to Alma. Uh, you know, oh, two, two schools we have close ties with. Uh, from we you
0: know, ought to do like a uh, small school corner every show. Hey,
1: listen, if they if Michigan loses, we're not gonna have much to talk about for the next week. So yeah, we'll just come back that.
0: and recap the Assume, IWU Assuming and both Obama teams college win, right? Games.
1: Yeah, assuming both teams win, we'll have a lot to talk about. You send me a little tape, yeah. I'll send you a little tape. We'll, we'll get that thing Perfect.
0: Up. All right, we'll get you next week. Uh, maybe talk a little basketball too, depending on how things go. Of course, there's not a whole lot of great things to say about basketball, but we'll turn the page if Michigan football should lose to Ohio State. So we'll see you next week. Until then, take care and go blue. Go blue.